I know. I know what it's like to worship. <laughs> if you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping another God. You're worshiping something. <laughs> Ooh, man. I love, I love life. My goodness. I love, I love being 55. I, don't, I, ain't, I ain't afraid to tell my age. I'm going to tell you when I'm 65, 75, 85, 95. See, my, my whole thing is I want to get to 120. But I got a certain responsibility I got to do to do that. I just can't be eating anything. I got to have some fasting in there. That makes your system stronger, you know, right? <laughs> you should have what you say. I said, I'm going to be 120, me and my wife sitting on the porch, rocking down my chair. I'm going to look at her. She's going to look at me. I'm going to say, you ready? What? This is the way I see my life. I'm going to look at her and she's going to look at me. We're still together. And I'm going to say, you ready to give up the ghost? She's going to say, you ready? You go first. Now you go first. Now let's go together. I'm going to shut my eyes and I'm going to be before my God. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's not y'all dream. That's my dream. I don't want to go in a car accident. I already been stabbed. It's, it's, it's stabbed. It's, too, it's highly overrated. Because I'm going to run my race. I'm going to endure to the end. Yeah. Man. God. I love God. Y'all love God. Y'all love God. You know, love is not in, it's not words. Love, love is in action. That means if you love God, that means you're gonna do something. <laughs> y'all, I'm gonna ask you, y'all love God. I mean, I'm in a relationship with my wife. So if I love her, I want to be faithful. Y'all faithful with God. You spend, I love spending time with my wife. Y'all spend time with God. It's, it's every time I ask the question, it gets a little lower and lower. <laughs> oh, Lord. What's, what's wrong, man? I was telling y'all last week. I was talking to the minister. Can I just share? This is what I do. Okay. I'm a shepherd. I'm a pastor. My job is to make sure that you get to heaven. That's any pastor's job. It's not about just preaching good messages and all of that because ain't nobody better than Jesus. My job is to protect you, is to warn you, is to comfort you, is to use my rod of correction. That's, that's love. That's what a shepherd does. And everybody that comes to church don't know what a shepherd's job is. 
Some shepherds mistreat you. Some abuse you. Some use you. Some neglect you. Pastor is a professional friend. That you don't abuse. It is a Christian code of conduct that as believers that we should be using and we should be living in and that we should be, you know, just doing it. There's a certain way that we are supposed to behave and act as believers. But we we come to church and no one wants to hear that. Tell me I'm great. Is what we want to get used to here. Tell me I'm great. Instead of telling me what I need to work on, Pastor. My objective is to get into heaven. Well, you can't get in there with the attitude that you have. See, teacher job is to teach you how to get there. My job is to lead you. We work together. Okay. It's all to serve you. That's what I do. I serve. Amen. I I enjoy serving. Matter of fact, my anointing increases because of my servitude. It gives me more abilities because of the diversity of your attitudes. It It gives me grace. See, I told you, we come. Like I said. And when the people see a person or a shepherd actually pastor and shepherd, they're like, what, what's going on here? This is different. My job is to warn you. Make sure you don't get any false teaching. Wrong, wrong perspective, wrong interpretation. So we have false teachers teaching the truth. And feed you. My job as a pastor is to feed you. That's another thing. On the journey. We're on our journey. We're in our great exodus right now. We're on our way to heaven. Ain't that? Y'all, y'all, your home is not here. Your, your, our, our journey is to heaven, Shemayim. That's our journey. My journey is not to stay here. Nobody want to talk about this stuff in church. It's not popular. Tell me I'm great, Pastor. <laughs> no. My job as a shepherd is to lead. And as sheep, you're designed to follow. Now, goats don't follow. But sheep do. All right. <laughs> I'm like, Pastor, what's going on? All right. I know the last couple of weeks we've been talking about the anointing, the inward anointing. Correct? Yes. But I, I, I want to go there, but uh, a lot of times we, we can get really heavy into the teaching. But then we lose how we're supposed to be with each other. And we lose how our response is supposed to be to the word. Because you want this deep revelation. So I, I just got a part just to 
anointing for just a second, okay? So we can get to what you need. And I have to make sure that I'm ready to give you what you need, not just making up something. Oh, I'm just going to teach you on this right here. No, I, I got to hear from Holy Spirit. Because when you came here today, you came here for a reason. You came here to get something, you forgot something, and you need something. Yeah. That's right. So, there's a certain thing that I want to make sure that we, as sheep and our relationship, you know, I, I love relationships. I love talking on relationships. You know, Minister Star taught on Friday, so awesome. <laughs> the importance of the Father. And I told him, I said, well, also the thing is, if you don't, and I told everybody, I said, if you don't get the root of the problem, you'll have to deal with the fruit of the problem. If you don't deal with the root of the issue, you'll have to deal with the fruit of the issue. Most of the time, that's what we deal with. It's the fruit of the issue instead of actually going to the root of it. That's why it never goes away. Just keep growing. So a lot of times, the, these scriptures are in here for a reason. And I love it because the whole thing of communion is remembrance. You have to remember who he is because you forget who you are. You forget who you are, how you treat people. I told you, how people treat you reveals your character, not theirs. Yeah? How you respond to them doesn't show anything about them. It says everything about you. Okay. Yes, now keep it moving, Pastor. That's what I do. Y'all learning? See, and yeah, that's another thing. If you come to what does Holy Spirit, one of his jobs that he does is he brings conviction of that lower sin nature. Right? Not your spirit. You ain't going to convict your spirit. They won. They are echad. One. So, Holy Spirit brings conviction. So, you go, you go to church and there's no, ever no conviction. Just tell me I'm good. I feel great. There's no, and I don't need to adjust nothing in my personality, my character. Holy Spirit brings correction. They say, you know what? You know you didn't say that, right? You didn't forgive them like you said you were going to do Holy Spirit does that, but you got to have them first. Of the net, hurt people. Mm. I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. <laughs> That's why the Bible said you can't return evil for evil. That's the word of God right there. All right. Come on. I want to. I want to. I want to go somewhere. Hey, minister. Mr. Al, will you go to Hebrews real quick before we get into all the teaching and everything? <laughs> go to Hebrews uh, chapter 13. And we're going to kind of bounce around because it's just a couple of points that the Holy Spirit wanted to, want y'all to remember. Okay. <laughs> Amplified Hebrews chapter 13 and start at 7. A few things he wants you to remember. Oh, look at that. Hebrews chapter 13 at verse 7. See, this is important. Because in church, see, God blesses order. Right. 
He don't bless chaos. He bless order. That's why the home has to be in order. Because he blesses the home because it's in order. A man and a woman. Not two men and not two women. That's not order. That's not God's order. That's man's order. Amen? And I can't be afraid to tell you that. All right. This is real truth right now. Y'all, who wants who want the truth? We're supposed to love the truth. We're supposed to love the truth. Not get upset. I got a sister in my family, homosexual. I'm, I'm not afraid to tell her the truth. If I love her, I'm going to tell her the truth. I told y'all, what good would it be to keep just tell y'all, you don't need to fix anything, you don't need to change, everything's just fine with you, and you don't get in. What good does that do if I just tell you what you want to hear, the way you want to hear it, and all of that, you want to be a pastor, and you don't get in? What good is that? So, might as well tell you the truth, right? So you can fix it. So you can get in. See, we live like we don't want to get in. I want to get in. I laid my whole life down so I could get in. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Read this, minister. So we can keep this. We got to keep things in focus. Then we can go on to the teaching. But you have to bring things back that you forget. Remember. Go ahead. Remember your leaders and superiors in authority. For it was they who brought to you the word of God. Observe attentively and consider their manner of living, the outcome of their well-spent lives, and imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ and their leaning of the entire human personality mm. on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Verse 8. Verse 8. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is always the same. Yesterday, today, yes, and forever to the ages. Verse 9, do not be carried about by different and varied and alien teachings. Hold on, y'all heard that. So it's possible that you have been carried away. So this is one of the things that a, a shepherd is supposed to do, is make sure that you are hearing the correct, the real, the true living word. By not having an amalgamation, a blending of other things, tradition. It does. Tradition does kill the truth. And see, you got to come back. You can teach all the notes all you want. We're going deep in it, part five. But then you got to stop for a minute because we forget these things. Got to bring it to remembrance. Drop down to 20. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 17. Let's do 17. Verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, 
continually recognizing their authority over you. You can stop right there. I, I, need, I need you right now to do an introspect. This is the word of God that's being presented to you today. Not me, but it's God. If God say, obey, does that mean you have a choice? Sure it does. Sure it does. Sure. Sure, sure you have a choice. <laughs> you do have a choice. But he's telling you the way to go. Choose this day. Amen. He's telling you what he's telling you what to do, though. But we often don't do what he tells us to do. Love each other. Forgive each other. Be kind to one another. Allow for their, you know, shortcomings. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, we don't do that. See, these are the things I told you. Attitude is everything. You got, I think I told you Friday, 12%, 12.5% of, of people's success in life comes from their knowledge, their skill, their IQ. But 85% of a person's success in life comes from this, this one thing called attitude. 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 So what is attitude? Attitude is character. Almost gay, okay. Am I giving you something to think about? Because I don't want you just like, I'm getting into heaven, I'm going in and... <laughs> Come, let us reason for a minute before we go. I'm going to show you something, what you're supposed to be doing with your life. Yeah? See, this is real shepherding. I'm not trying to give you 20 principles to a successful life. I'm not like, trying to coach you. Coach is not one of the five-fold ministry. Pastor is. Not a coach. A life coach. What is a life coach? You mean a Pastor? All right. But see, that, <laughs> we get all that all mingled up. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some of y'all might want to be a life coach. I'm sorry. I'm not, coming, I'm not coming against you. You just might not know your call. Here we go. Amen. Continue reading. Obey spiritual leaders and submit to them continually when you feel like it. Once in a while. Sometimes. See, God has a plan. He has order. He's never trying to take nothing from you. He's trying to get something to you. But he can't bless chaos. He can't bless an attitude. He got to bless, listen, order. Amen? Go ahead. For they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare as men who will have to render an account of their trust. Stop. Read that one more time because maybe they don't. I want to clarify my job. Okay. Amen? Which will help you with yours. Yeah? Read that part again. They, they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare. Did you hear that? Guarding. 
mean interceding. He's talking leaders right now. You know, the ones you have a problem submitting to. It's good, ain't it? Don't y'all want to get in? Well, watch what he's telling us. He's telling us how to get in, okay? Come on. As men who will have to render an account of their trust, do Hold your part. Stop. <laughs> I have to render an account for you. I, I have to stand before the king of kings, El Elyon, and take an account of your attitude. I have to. That's what it says. So can't we just get along? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Can't we just get along? <laughs> Don't be grumbling. Okay. Okay, so I just need to stop. Y'all know all this, right? If you do, we can move on to the anointing. But that's not going to work without this. Amen? All right. Let's go. Who's, go ahead. Guarding over your spiritual welfare. Go ahead. Taking account of their trust. Go ahead. Maybe you don't trust me. Go ahead. But that's why the scripture said you are to watch our lives, teaching our lives. Listen, it's to watch, to imitate, not to scrutinize. It's to allow for shortcomings. See, this is going to help you when it's your turn. Okay. All right. Let's go. Do the word. I got three claps. All right. Go ahead. But I ain't doing it for the claps. I'm doing it for the truth. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do your part to let them do this with gladness and not with sighing and groaning. For that, for that would not be profitable Watch to this. you either. Uh-oh. Because he hasn't taken account for you. See, people just, when they read this, how many of y'all seen this in the Word before? How many of you seen this in the Word before? So you living by it. Ain't nobody. Y'all ain't looking. Because if y'all been in there, y'all, mm-mm. Don't lie in church. Don't lie at all. Everybody seen that. Everybody seen this teacher. Everybody seen this part. Do your part. Let them, listen, do this in gladness. And not without sighing and groaning. Yeah, you need to come on the service. I'm tired. That's all right. That's why I asked y'all to let me know when you ain't coming. So I can keep an account. All right. Come on. Let's move on. They say move on. Move on. Go ahead. Verse 18. Keep praying for us. For we are convinced that we have a good, clear conscience. That we want to walk uprightly and live a noble life, acting honorably and in complete honesty in all things. All right. Hold on. My goodness. Whew. 
Go to 20. I had to jump around. Verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who is the author and giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, mm. by the blood that sealed, ratified the everlasting agreement, mm. covenant, testament. 21. Strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight right. through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. That's my job description for you. Because I'm working with the Holy Spirit. We're in covenant. For your recovery. For your destination. For your purpose. This is what you're supposed to be getting when you come to church. And your purpose is revealed in the presence of God. You're not going to find it in education. You're going to find it in the purpose of of God. You're not going to find it at cemetery. I mean, seminary. You're going to find it in the presence of God. Your purpose will reveal in the presence of God. Amen? That's why a lot of people don't know their purpose because they have not been. No, no, no. Have not been in the truth. You must worship me in truth and spirit. I mean, you can't bring no flesh there. Okay. Pastor, would you just move on? Okay, I'm going to move on. You know, I want to talk about, no, but I, I got to do this first. We got to talk about some things. Can we just talk about some things so we can get in? So when I start talking about the anointing, you'll understand that you are anointed. You're anointed to do. So let's talk about a little bit of works. Can we talk about a little bit of works? Not works to, to get saved, because that, that's already been finished. That's not required. But you do have works. What are those works? You should know. Okay, let's see here. Let's go to Revelation real quick. Revelation 14, 13, Amplified. We are a Bible study ministry. We study the word of God. Amen? Amen? So you can learn. Jesus said, come and learn of me. Amen? That's what we're doing. I didn't come and learn of you. Yeah, you come and learn of him. Because if you learn of him, you'll know who you are. Amen? We just don't quite know what the word is. How many of y'all just look at Jesus as, you know, a Jewish person? Because he is. He's not, he's not white. He's, and he's not black. He's Jewish. Yet he is. Because whoever you are, whenever you speak, it doesn't matter 
the color of your skin, your ethnicity. It doesn't matter. But he is who you are. So whether if you're Chinese, Malaysian, whatever you are, that's him. See, when we keep we just get mixed up on the he's the word of God. Made flesh. He's the incarnated word. He is the word, God's word wrapped in flesh, entered into time. He is his word. I. That's why he can say, if you sing me, you're seeing the Father. I and the Father are one. I'm his word. He had two natures, humanity and divinity at the same time. He had body, soul, and spirit, tripartite, just like you, body, soul, and spirit. You are the express image of God's love. Why was I created? I told y'all how to answer that question. It's the anthropic theory. Why, was, why do I exist to live in God's love? That's your reason and purpose for existing. It's to live in God's love. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Revelation 14, 13. Read. <laughs> then I heard further, that was good. perceiving the distinct words of Listen. a voice from heaven, saying, write this, blessed, happy, to be envied are the dead from now on who die in the Lord. Yes, blessed, happy, to be envied indeed, says the Spirit, in that they may rest from their labors. For their works, their deeds, do follow, attend, accompany them. Wow. Where? In heaven. It did not mention. It said your works shall follow you there. What works? Do you have some? So while we, you know, working on prosperity, that's not a work. Oh, that's real good. But that's what, that's what happens in ministries and happens in church because I'm going to just teach you on prosperity. And you don't love anybody, you ain't forgave anybody. He that's evil give good kids his children too. So everything that you see that's blessed, that's not, that's not God. Because when God gives something, he brings no sorrow with it. See there? But we, we think it's, I got to, okay. <sighs> the businesses that are in this place, you didn't have to pay for anything. Because God gives you something, there's no sorrow. What our problem is, is we don't know how to maintain it. He blessed me with a house, but you don't, you, you don't pay no bills. Okay. See how they go? All right. So you've got to have some work. This, we got to get in, y'all. So y'all need to know this. Pastor, tell me, how do I get in? I want to make sure that I'm not distracted with all these other things. And It said your work shall follow you. It didn't, say, it didn't say nothing about your house following you. It didn't say nothing about your degrees following you. 
He didn't say nothing about your cars, your money, material. He didn't say nothing about your 401k. He didn't say nothing about your books. He didn't say nothing about your record deals. He didn't say anything like that. He said your works shall follow you into heaven. So into heaven. So my works have to be spiritual. It can't be material. Metaphysical. It has to be. Oh, are they telling you what is the profit of man to gain the whole world and then lose his soul? All is vanity. Vanity of vanity. It's to fear God, reverence, and worship him. I told the rich young guy, if you give up everything, he, give it to the poor. He didn't even say give it to me. Jesus didn't say give it to me. He said give it to the poor. And I'll give you, show you riches in heaven. But he couldn't, he, couldn't even, he couldn't even ungrasp it because he was materialistic. And the word is speaking to him right in front of him. And he chose. See, God don't just send you to hell. You choose to go. You choose to reject his word. Standing right there in front of him. Give it all up and follow me. He's doing the same thing with us. Give up all your riches and follow me. can we do this in the church to just keep telling you to get money, get money, get money? Get rich, get rich, get rich. We don't see the, the scheme of the enemy. He's putting division in the body of Christ. Some believe in prosperity, some don't. He's putting division in your word. Some believe in healing, some believe they don't heal. And it just saw the scripture. He said, I change not. See, but man changes. And you follow. See, he put something in you for you to be led. You just don't know how to discern which spirit is of God. Just because a person preached don't mean that the Bible says he has Satan himself has been disguised as angels of light and his ministers. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to the church. So everybody that you put your trust in on a puppet is not of God. Can't be. The word of God said that. Not me. But you should follow and watch their fruits. You should know them by that. Yeah? Don't be, don't be swayed with eloquence of words. And he said vain philosophies. Anything that causes you not to, you know, die. Anything. See, when you come to Christ, there's, there's something that you, you, even the praise, it says, there's a sacrifice of praise. That means that something has to die, your will, to lift your hands, to shout and praise to God. See, right now you're still holding on to your life. You can't even give him a praise because it's a sacrifice of praise. I don't do that exactly. This is what we got to remember. He said, works shall follow them. It means that God expects us to have some works. So just being born again is not enough. Born again, uh, it's just not enough. You, you have to add value to the kingdom. Value means this, the regard that something is held 
to deserve the importance, worth, or, un, or usefulness of something. The works of the ministry is not just, listen, reserved for the bishop, the pastor, the teacher, the prophet, the evangelist, or any of those who are in full-time ministry. The work of the ministry is for every believer. Do I have some believers in here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, look at that guy. Like, I thought everybody would clap. My God, don't mind, don't worry. Don't, don't go out of your way. Mm. Y'all know I like interaction. Just like it in order. <laughs> All right. If you are a believer, you are considered an ambassador. I know. I heard that before, Pastor. Yep. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You're going to hear it again. Because some of the way we act is that saying that we are an ambassador. Okay. All right. You're not just an ambassador. You're an ambassador, listen, for Christ. That's a difference. Hmm. You said you're a believer. If you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a policeman, if you're a fireman, if you're an accountant, if you're a student, if you're a counselor, if you're a nurse, if you're a salesman, if you're employed, if you're unemployed, whatever you do, you are still an ambassador for Christ. Amen. You are the light, the Bible says, to the world, not a light to the church. He said, you are light to the world. That's what's wrong. Everybody here just shining their lights. Ain't nobody going out. There's everybody right here shining their light. He said, you're the salt of the earth. Not the salt of the church. You are the church. Church just means the called out ones. That's all. Ecclesia, that's what it means. The called out. Aren't you the called out ones? Well, then you are the church. Then you are the salt of the earth. Then you are the light of the world. See, but we hear that. We're just like, oh, that's nice. I'm the light of the world. Mm-hmm. We forget who said it. That's the problem. I told you we forget who said it. You have a responsibility as an ambassador. Are y'all responsible? Y'all responsible? <laughs> okay. Let's find out. You have a responsibility, listen, to bring value to the kingdom of God. You do. Each and every one of you. The least and the greatest. Right? You have a responsibility. As an ambassador, ambassador, we walk around with social or special, should I say, special immunities. All right? Everybody say diplomatic immunity. Everybody say, dip, listen, everybody say diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity. All right. That is the privilege of exemption from certain laws, taxes, granted to diplomats by the country in which they are or they work for. Means that you're just uh, walking around embassy. You are an embassy. 
The embassy is what houses the ambassador in a foreign nation. And every place his feet touch outside of that embassy is considered sovereign for his kingdom. This is why you can't arrest him if he commit a crime. You got to report him. You got to know who you are. And you got to understand when you go to your job, I don't care where it is, you are going in as an ambassador. <laughs> See, but our, our mindset just can't grasp what that means. I'm an ambassador, listen, for Christ, not America. For heaven. And being the best, it comes with certain rights and privileges. So he has access to, listen, his native army and the surrounding army that he's in. He can call upon them. Oh, I'm trying to tell y'all who you are. See, if you don't know who you are, the anointing won't mean anything to you. Yeah. This is why you got to continue. You can't just keep going anointing, anointing. But hold on, let me pause for a minute and tell you who you are. Right. I'm an ambassador for Christ. It's a difference. When he... When the ambassador sins, <laughs> I said when he break a law, he cannot be arrested in the country that he's in. So when the accuser comes to you, he's trying to arrest you. But you're not supposed to be from here. I'm not getting this. Gotta report him. And that's what he does. He goes, and where have you been, Satan? To and fro. Looking for who I may devour. He's the accuser of the friend. <laughs> He's the accuser of the brethren. He's reporting to God. Did you see what they did? Did you see what they did? See, look, and they're still struggling with it. But he can't arrest you because you've been covered in the blood. And Jesus is saying, where? <laughs> I don't see him. The blood is veiled. I can't see it. And all you got to do is quickly repent. No, we won't do it. Mm-mm. Mm. Okay. Here we go. Just like. You know, and uh, you have to report them, and that's what he does. You have to report them to uh, the foreign minister. Uh, but in the U.S., it's, it would be the Secretary of State. Okay, you gotta know some stuff in politi politi um, politics and geopolitical realm when you're doing the kingdom, because this is about kingdoms. Right. Amen. Right. So you gotta educate yourself a little bit. You know, get off Facebook. 
get off the desperate housewives and all whatever. You taking up your t- valuable time. I'm gonna show you about that too. See, this is a, see these are the things that Pastor Nate, I gotta teach y'all. I gotta show y'all some things here about your time. Okay. Okay. Let me help you. So, in the kingdom of God, it works just like here. Certain privileges and immunities to those who are in the ministry. It's not just, you know, reserved for the pastor. Okay? He's a person just like you. He's just accepted his call. Matter of fact, he has more fear because of that scripture that was just read. Why would he entrust me with that? He obviously trusts me with you. He gives every pastor that same opportunity because I still have to take into account did they follow you, who faith follows. Okay. See, I got fear of the Lord, but I'm going to come to that. Whether you are a full-time or part-time minister, you are a minister of Christ. Okay. See, most believers don't just think of themselves as a minister of Christ. No, you don't. That's up. That's them. I'm not in leadership. I'm not in the ministry. I'm not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Wrong thinking, wrong perspective, wrong interpretation. You said you're a believer. That means you're a minister. And in that minister, you have a responsibility. Minister just means you're bringing forth the gospel. All of you are ministers. Now, to what degree and level that you have laid your life down, it's totally up to you. But it's supposed to be all laid down. All right. All right. Whatever you do, wherever you are in life, I need y'all to remember you are a minister of Christ. Don't leave that part off at the end. A minister of Christ. Carries a weight with it. As a believer, we are the only ones on this earth that looks like Christ. I'm going to say that again. Y'all said y'all believers. We are the only ones on this earth that should look like Christ. When Jesus see you, or when people see you, should I say, they should see Christ. I don't want them to see Rod. That's the old nature. When they see you, they should see Christ. You said that you are a believer. That means you are a minister of Christ. That means you have Christ-like attributes. You should look any different than you look. See, not in this, in, I'm not talking about the physical. But when you speak, it should be just like I'm speaking. In my own personality. In your own personality. But we should still be saying two plus two is four. Right? Okay. All right. We are the closest thing to Christ anyone in your environment will ever see and will ever know. I mean, do you feel like that? 
You can't be depressed. Christ is never depressed. For the spirit of heaviness, I've given you the garment of praise. Oh, right. Okay. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Jesus, if we are Jesus, right? Don't go with me. If Jesus is our representative on earth, or we are the Jesus representative on earth, right? And we are. Would y'all agree that we are his representatives on earth? Okay. Then we should look like Christ. We should sound like Christ. We are the expressed image of Christ. Do you feel like that? I mean, in case a lightning bolt come in. Stand back here. Yeah. You feel like that. You feel Christ-like. Okay. Man. Jesus said it feel Christ-like. Shouldn't be any paint on the wall. The carpet should be pulled up. Speakers all turned over. We should still be in praise if we're Christ-like. I ain't going to mess with you. We should sound just like him. We should be the express image of him. And we owe it to Christ to represent him right. The question is, is who do you represent? Some of us just represent us. I'm going to present me to you versus you to you. Okay. Hope of glory. All right. So if Jesus is love, and he is, then you should manifest love. Okay. The love of Christ, not your love. Right? So if Jesus is peace, then you should be manifesting peace. Correct? All right. Okay. And that was good. The only person they ever going to see Christ is in you. That's the closest they're going to see. Christ is Christ in you. If he's love, then manifest his love. See, to manifest his love is when everybody turned their back on you. When everybody leave you, to manifest his love. It keeps no account of the wrong done to it. It keeps no record. Love only seeks to love. It seeketh not its own. I love you, but you didn't say you love me. That's love seeking its own. Love is not a word. It's an expression. God so loved that he gave. I told you, I look at my wife and I look at my, my, my wife and I said, I was talking to me, and I said, well, when I look at her, what she makes me, I like the way she makes me feel towards her. <laughs> See, and I understand it. No, no, everybody wants 
you, the way you make me feel, the way you make me feel. When I look at you, the way you make me feel inside. Woo. No, when I look at my wife, it makes it, it, I, I like the way she makes me feel towards her. Not toward how she makes me feel. And stop right there. Because when you love someone, you want to do what God did. If it's his love, he wants to give. So when I see it, it makes me want to give. Whether it's spiritual, material, whatever it is, physical, whatever. It just simply makes me want to give. Because that's love. That's God. That's what love does. It gives. That's why people don't tithe. Because they don't want to give. They don't love God. They're just looking at the pastor. It's not that. It's your heart. When I see him, even no matter what has happened, good, bad, whatever, when I see her, it changes how I feel towards her. God, look at us. He, he, he feels the same way. I love you so much, I got to veil you with that flesh. Because my love will consume you. And that's why you can't have this body. You need a new body when you come to be with me. Because he loves us so much. And you're supposed to have that same love for each other. It's a defect if it's not. It's called your love. It's not God's love. Because his love endures forever. It never changes. No matter what the circumstance. Oh, I got so much I'm going to talk to you about love, but I don't have time. Oh, man. Okay, y'all got to give me a few minutes. Y'all got to give me a few more minutes. Stay awake. Come on. Stay alert. Stay alive. Don't let them put you to sleep now. Okay? I mean, when he come back, he's going to be looking. The Bible says he's going to come back looking for faith. He ain't looking for your car, your degrees, your accomplishments. He ain't looking for none of that. He's looking for faith. Trust in him. That's what he's looking for. The church teaching you to gather, get everything. You can't serve God and mammon. Everybody get up tomorrow morning and traffic is jam-packed because they serving their money. Pastor, I got to work. You know I do. You could have a choice to work for you. But that's going to just go into what else I want to tell y'all about some stuff. Servitude here. All right. Y'all, y'all all right? Okay. I hope y'all all right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Jesus is, well, we're the representative on earth, right? So I told y'all we should look like, sound like. We're the express image of him. And we owe it to him to represent him, right? 
And if we are Jesus in the world, we should manifest that, right? Peace and all those things. We should, we should have peace in every situation and every circumstance we find ourselves in. We have to remember that we are, his, we are actually his extension, his hand in the earth. Go to 1 John 4, 17. First John chapter 4 at verse 17. In this union and communion with him, mm. love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because as he is, so are we in this world. You read that beautifully, too. Felt that. <laughs> you should feel that. When the word of God is being spoken, you know, when the logos of God is being spoken. So you can't have logos. You, you can't have rhema until you have the logos. You have to have that understanding of the logos to have the revelation of the rhema. The utterance, the spoken word, the living word. He said his word is life and spirit. So it's something inside of me when I hear the word of God that quickens my sport, my spirit man, to bring life to it. That's how the spirit man is alive. It's the righteousness now, not the blood, but listen, not your blood, but his blood. But it's your life now, the Bible says, because of righteousness. So when I hear his word, there's something that quickens inside of me, something identified. It's word, word to word, spirit to spirit when I hear it. You know why? Because I'm alive. Some of us are not alive. This is the word of your creator. See, it's our understanding of who he is. This is why we don't respond the way we should respond because we don't know who he really is. You just know him by, listen, by words, but not by his spirit. And him to worship me must worship me in truth and in spirit. See, this is why we, the church is dead in spirit. Is dead. No anointing. But I heard the word. It brings life to me. It's going to go to a, a, a part of my life that needs it. It's called the engrafted word. Well, engrafted means it has to be in you. It has to become a part of you. That's why you took of the wine and you took of the bread because now it needs to be a part of you. Oh, my goodness. See, but, all right. Did you see that? In communion. Listen, complete and obtains perfection with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. I just want to know, are you ready for that day? The judgment seat of Christ is not for the world. The judgment seat of Christ is for you. And everyone will attend. No, no exemptions. No one will be excused from that day. 
I don't care if you, you, you got your body cremated. You're going to constitute it all back. You're going to appear. Before that, that judgment seat. But see, when we go as believers, we don't, we're not even conscious of that. We don't even care about that. You know why? Because how we treat each other. We can tell that you're not conscious of that day. Of the seat of judgment. And the Bible says that he, his eyes, God gave the judgment to Christ. He's going to judge you. Guess what's going to judge you? And who is Christ? The word. That's what's going to. See, but nobody want to talk about it. Oh, this is doom and gloom. Yeah, but this is necessary. Because he's going to add it. He's going to ask, did you preach my word? Did you tell them about this day? Because I was in church for 10 years and it was never mentioned. Judgment seat of Christ. Right there. See, that's, see this is what a shepherd does. He prepares you. He's not caring about your feelings. He cares about that you get in. Don't listen to me passively with your emotions. Listen to me how? Actively. See the urgency in my voice. Because tomorrow ain't promised to none of you. Ooh. Oh, she's standing up. Y'all know what that means. Okay. We need to start adding value to the kingdom. We need to start adding value to the kingdom. I'm going to say it again. We need to start adding value to the kingdom. So what is your value? We're not born again just to sit here in church. You're not born again just to sit here in church. You're not born again just to do tithe and offering. You're not born again for that purpose. You're born again to bring value to the kingdom. How many souls have you led to Christ? How many times have you witnessed and you shouldn't have went home? See, you need to bring add value to the kingdom. God does not just require that you're tithing off. That's not it. Got to go one more scripture and I'm in. 1 Corinthians 8, 5. I want you to leave today to actually just be empowered that I bring value to the kingdom. I, I, Lord, I, I have to listen to what the pastor said. He said, I need works. I need works. He said in Revelations 14, 13, these works are going to follow me into heaven and before you. Because at that great right uh, throne of judgment, this is where you get your reward, your crown. You're going to have people that are going to get in, but there's no reward. And he died that you would get a reward. Amen. See, there's so, it's so much. It's so many things that we come to church we're missing out on. And what is required and expected of the believers? First and foremost, your behavior, your attitude towards your leaders, your pastor. You, you, God, he, listen, he takes that down. There's a book called the Book of Remembrance. Well, why is it a book of remembrance? Like God's going to forget? No, he doesn't. But he was talking to the people at that age. And, and the Philistines, what they did is they wrote down 
all the things that you did for the king so you wouldn't be left out. God know everything. But he was talking to them in a, in, a, in a dispensation that they would understand. God knows everything. See, I told you a lot of times we take things out of context and we come and learn. What is the book of remembrance? It's there because I'm telling you. Your works are being recorded. You're, he said, you're going to be judged on every idle word. Not occasionally. He said, every idle word that you have ever spoken. So idle means you just, it's just there. That, that word, the word that you speak are supposed to go forth. They're supposed to create. They're supposed to do something. They're supposed to change lives. They're supposed to, listen, healing is inside of that. But you won't open your mouth. See this? Well, I come to church and we play it. I come, I want to get the real word. Tell me what I need to do. Correct what I need to do because he loved me. Who he loved, he chased it. He corrects. That means you're now, I'm establishing my sonship with you. You're my son. You're not a bastard child. You're my son. When Jesus got, listen, when he got baptized, filled with the spirit. First thing he said to him is, this is my son who I'm well pleased. In the natural, he hadn't done anything. But in the spirit, he was slain before the foundation, before the foundation of the world. And he said the same thing about you in Jeremiah. I knew you before you entered your mother's womb. I've already planned out your life. I've already done that for you. But guess what? You make plans. But he said, I've already done that. I've planned out your life. Follow me. Man. Woo. Y'all learning something? Y'all feel my love. Y'all feel my love. That's my love for you. Love you enough to tell you the actual truth. Clean it up. So we can get in, y'all. Good plan, man. Coming to service all this time, doing all this stuff, man, all this stuff. I mean, I want to get in. I want to do it. I'm going to have the right heart. First Corinthians 8, 5, and I'm going, teacher. Come on, y'all. First Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5. For although there may be so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many of them, both of gods and of lords and masters. Verse 6. Hmm. Wait a minute. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Yet for us there is only one God, the Father, who is the source of all things. There you go. And for whom we have life. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through and by whom are all things, and through and by whom we ourselves exist. All right. Hmm. Why do I exist? I told you to live in God's love, which is his will. Oh, my goodness. So God requires your life. 
your soul, your body, your skill, your time. Listen, he requires all that before your resources. He requires your life, your soul, your mind. That's your will and your body. He requires your body. Yep, when you're tired, the requirement didn't go away. When you're sleepy, the retirement, the, when you're sick, he still requires your body. He's trying to make an exchange because you're going to take off one day the corruptible and put on the incorruptible. Amen? Oh, my God. He requires that. Oh. You want me to stop? Do the people want me to stop? Y'all know who I'm going to, y'all know who I'm going to listen to. Ah, I'm going to have that no matter what. Amen. See, see, to be in Christ, is, peace is required. Amen. Not chaos. But you have to be a man of peace. Amen. Not a man of chaos. Amen. Oh, there's so much I can go with that peace. Man, hey, teacher. Y'all know I'm going to finish it next week, right? So come back next week. We can get the anointing. We can finish that up. Then we can get into the, the anointing. Then I can get to the outer one. Amen. Oh, it's so I told you it's about 16 lessons in here. But teacher, you, you feel me, right? It's, as, a, as a pastor, you, you just have to, as a shepherd, see my, it's hard, it would be hard for me to sleep and you're not prepared. What, what use and good would I be to God? What, what good, what use would that be if I just pacify you and not help you fight the good fight of faith? That's what I'm supposed to do, help you think right. That's my job as a shepherd. You're thinking wrong. Yeah, let's think right because as a man think of his heart, so is he. Hey, teacher. You're like a re relentless fighter. You have to drag out the ring. Yeah, that's right. Because when I was in the world, I was a relentless sinner. Him out the ring. <laughs> I was a relentless sinner in the world. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to uh, come out the ring, Pastor. But Pastor, you come back. You can really um, tell that he's a true shepherd because he is relentless. Uh, when it comes to ensuring, giving you what you need to be effective living in the world, but not being of the world. And uh, a lot of times you have pastors that come in, they have a, a certain schedule and time, they go on about their business, but um, he generally cares. Uh, I just want to ensure, first of all, just give God a hand clap of praise for the word of God <laughs> and the man of God. The word of God and the man of God. As I was sitting here, um, I was just uh, having a conversation with Holy Spirit when it, and understanding with all what you've taught in this amount of time is that, and it's very uh, saddened, Pastor, is many of us will walk away not knowing what God really said today. What he, not only today, but so many years 
you've heard the word and you didn't hear God. Think about it. For many years, some of us, has been, we have been going to a building. Won't say we've been going to church because we are the church. You've been called out and you have went to a gathering and you still have not become because you didn't hear the voice of God. And so I'm like, what, 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 is, what is God really saying? Uh, minister, if you could just go real quick to, uh, I believe it was Hebrews 13, Pastor, 17 through 19. And so I said, why? Okay, and this is the question that you have to ask when you, you come to a gathering is, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I hear what the man of God is saying, but what are you saying and trying to impart into my spirit, man? What part of me has to change today? See, what's happening is that we're coming to a facility, but we're not coming to the gate of God. See, the gate of God is where his, you will hear the voice of God. Because that means that through my life of the many prayers and supplications that I've already prayed, this is why the word of God says, enter my, my courts with thanksgiving and my gate with praise. See, this would automatically happen because I have lived a life of prayer and praise. So when I get to the gate, of God. This is why it's still foreign. This is why it's just church to us. See, Jade, it's just church to us. It's not the expression of God's word, his voice, his life. It's not in, infusing us. It's just another day that just went too long with this man talking. See, this is what's happening, Frida, is that, see, we're tired of God because we're not, we were never at the gate of God. So for me, I have to refrain. Because when you, you, Pastor, when you said why we were created, we were created for the love of God, from the expression to express God's love. And he had to veil himself because no flesh, look, look, could really receive, comprehend this type of love. So for me, it's that most people who call themselves believers, look, you can't comprehend, because you can't comprehend my type of gratitude and appreciation for God, I have to withhold most of my praise. Because you know why? Because I would disrupt. 
to glorify God's name. I'm like, Lord God, what are they waiting for? What has to happen? And I have to refrain myself. Because for those who say that the believers won't understand my praise. They won't understand my expression of love that I'm living in. I want it to be a day to where I feel absolutely comfortable because they're joining in with me. And they understand. We understand our Father. The reality of, of His vast greatness is. What are the children waiting on? How are you raising and training up your children to respond to God? They respond just like you do. Unassured, unaware. Unresponsive. Why do we ask when is enough? Why do you respond to your body to when your, your flesh is telling you that's enough? That's enough praising. Sit down. You're too loud. Don't look. Hold it in. Don't, don't scream out. It's saying all of that. But my soul within me cries out hallelujah. My soul. And I'm trying to understand the body of Christ. I'm trying to understand the called out ones. You're waiting for the, a word, something that you can relate to. His name, Jesus, alone. Why couldn't you relate to that? Why can you relate to such unconceivable love? That name alone, the source of everything. How could you not be moved by the name of Jesus? What are you waiting for? What has to be said? Anything that comes after Jesus. It's only an echo of who he is. to contain this relationship that I have with you. Goes, go in Hebrews 13, 17. Minister. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders. Why? This is the question you should ask yourself. Why? Why should I obey? Not just because God said. 
But what comes out of obedience? Your redemption came out of obedience. Oh my God. See, and this is what our, our kids, when we are trying to rear them up, why should I obey my father? A reward comes out of obedience. Jade, your life, with what you've listened and obeyed your father. See, this is what separates us sometimes from our other siblings. It's our obedience. This is why it looks like there's a favorite, but there's no favorite. There's one who obeys. Come on. Obedience beautified you. Disobedience, it wears you out. You look worn. You look tired. Disobedience is extremely unattractive. And it calls a certain type of lower life and lower way of living. Disobedience. Disobedience, it corrupts the right way and reasoning of thinking. And it's just something that manifests. This is why we have so many criminals, because, see, what it looks like is ugly. It's crime. It breaks laws, rules. It breaks order. Go ahead and read, minister. I ain't trying to do nothing extra up here. I'm just saying what God said. Continually, continually recognizing their authority over you. For they are constantly keeping watch over your soul. Stop. What? See. And again, why did he say, God say, to obey your spiritual leaders? Because they're keeping watch over your soul. And what does that mean? He's keeping watch over your spiritual safety. And what is your spiritual safety? Because you have three foes against your soul. The world, your flesh, and Satan. You have three foes against your soul. The world. Your flesh and Satan. Your leaders are conditioned and trained by Holy Spirit to watch over, keep safety. And what's that keep safety again? Because when you see, it's known for a sheep to wander. It's known, it's in your behavior for you to wander off. Look, to wander off. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and the mind. It's, it's, it's in you as a sheep, as a follower, to wander off in your mind. And he's called to watch over your safety. And not only you, but when you wander off, and normally what gets us to wander off is someone else's voice. And they break the, look, the disciples away from the rest of the disciples. See, and you wander off because you're offended. And knowing what, what happened is that then you go to another gathering, still offended. See, but see, this is you're still sick. See, you, you're sick. And see, the pastor is called to watch over. See, this is why he wants your accountability. See you sick. Because he's going to see you to wander. You're going to wander because you're sick. You're going to leave the flock because you don't even know that you're not feeling well. Because guess what? You can't spiritually take care of yourself. This watch over your soul. So when you get sick, you then get the other one sick. Because when you get sick, the body, what it does, it is represented over the body. And this is what you see. People going from facility I don't say church because you are the church. To one gathering to the next because you're sick, but then you take your sickness there. Then you take this sickness on another road and that one on another street. But that's because there's no, there's not that many true shepherds that's watching for the safety of the soul. Because when your soul gets sick, it affects the body of Christ. And this is why now we can't respond, look, to the word. You say Jesus in this plain blank look on our face. See, this is the protection. Is that you would he, and he's watching over to ensure that you stay awake. I'm going I, I got I, I got some more to say but I'm I'm not going to do it right now but he's he's watching over your soul. A watchman is watching over. Look, because you're going to go sleep. And the sleep is on the things of God because guess what? The foe, the enemy of the world have your wake now. So this is what you respond to, and this is what you can relate to. It's things of now the world. Your excitement is not God. Because the enemy, your flesh, and Satan, and the world is entertaining you in another way. 
That's what brings you joy now. The word don't move you. This is not where you sacrifice. You, you sacrifice for your job. I'm sick, but I'm going in. Feel real proud about your accolades on your job and your promotions. But there's an end to all this. And why this teaching today? It is to ensure that your soul stays awake. And your heart stay responsive to the word of God. Because that's what's happening. Your heart is no longer responsive to the word of God. I'm going to end here, but I'll leave you with a question. Why isn't your heart responsive to the word of God the way that God says it should? That's something to think about. Why my mind is not blown when I, I just hear the name Jesus. Why don't I feel some overwhelming sense of love and flood of emotions and affections? Why, why are there no affections for God? 